This episode is brought to you by Patreon, specifically the Comic Pop Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash comic pop and find out more about how you can keep the lights on here at Comic Pop. And don't worry, we've got plenty of fun rewards, including early access to videos and weekly updates about what's happening here at the studio. That's patreon.com slash comic pop. All right, let's get on with the show now. Sweeping down upon the underworld to smash gangland comes the friend of the unfortunate, enemy of criminals. Mysterious, all-powerful character, a problem to the police, but a crusade of law. Okay, there we go. Hey, everybody, welcome to the show. I'm Sal, and welcome to Comic Pop. Just chatting with Joel about some sci-fi stuff. Thought I'd, you know, we were doing that on Skype, and I'm like, let me just record that. Let me, let me let's see if I can monetize that. Hey, this isn't the comic book cast. Where, no, where I, got, I took a wrong turn at Albuquerque. Exactly. What, what am I doing here? This isn't even the uh, this isn't even the uh, the weekly poll. This is this is my own. <laughs> My own, my own little thing I've been working on, playing around hey. with some formats. And you've been doing a damn good job. Oh, thank you. Reality Sal and I, I think we've wanted to do a show together for the longest time. I wanted to get him on CBC Spotlight, but that oh, show is yeah. slumbering at the moment. Yeah, it's, that's fair. That's fair. Well, I get that shit. Or actually, it's funny. When you did your big uh, last uh, sub celebration everything, a bunch of people were tweeting at me saying, hey, Joel, are you going to show up on this? Or are you going to be one of the special guests in this? Uh, so even the fans kind of knew if Sal was to get anyone. Oh, yes. Did. I definitely was hoping to get some like special guests on the show. And it was just, we were having so many te- technical difficulties with the live show anyway. I was like, let's not even. And I literally, like, the second you had started the show at 6, I just walked back in from Fan Expo. Oh, man. Yeah, no, you were probably wiped. I was probably wiped. But I like, too, that the fans and the fan community was like, no, you can probably get Joel. Joel doesn't say no to anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, a quick, they're a quick bunch. Yeah, they are. Um, okay. I think I got your audio good to go. So nice. We should be, we should be great. Uh, so anyway, we were talking about Star Wars because there's been a lot of uh, rage about it. As is often the case with Star Wars, you rarely hear a Star Wars conversation. It's like, man, that went really good for everybody. Yeah, everyone was really having a nice time with that conversation. Because um, everyone feels very strongly about Star Wars. And we have two huge, like, disparate generations of Star Wars fans. Yeah. Now, there's, there's guys like you and me who are brought up on the original trilogy and the original expanded universe and a new group of fans who only really know of the prequels and the clone wars and are growing up in a time when they completely dismantled the expanded universe and say, no, none of this matters anymore. It's not enough that we had like, because, okay. As a star Wars fan growing up, I always kind of looked at the expanded universe as kind of like optional. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. I was like, okay, I got the movies and I'm good. And I can really like, extrapolate a lot from that and the most fun of star wars and i think a lot of like older fans will agree the most fun of star wars is not having all the answers handed to you and more Mm. like figuring it out for yourself or extrapolating your own theories like i remember uh years and years ago having some theories about like obi-wan and and boba fett and like i always liked the idea that boba fett was a woman like a just uh-huh. lover of Han Solo's and like, so like like Samus Aran, yeah, yeah, like you, yeah, she, he pulls off the helmet and hair comes down and he's actually gorgeous. That, um, that that's way too funny because literally in the Marvel comics right now they have introduced Han's ex-wife. I saw that. That's who that's, is kind of like a bounty hunter. So they kind of did your idea. Yeah. Oh no. I mean, like any idea you write down on the internet will definitely be used at some point or another. Uh, I don't. Th- I don't know if they're. Yeah, I'm sure they're not listening to my ideas. But like the idea, the idea that I always hung to and clearly. Greg Wiseman was paying attention to this. It's the idea that C-3PO and R2-D2 were actually secret empire, or not empire, secret rebel agents who have oh. been moving around silently this whole time, and no one thought anything about them because they were droids. And literally, yeah. in an episode of Rebels, they go to meet Jimmy Smith's Bail Organa, yeah. and they basically lend credence to that idea that, yes, yes, Bail has been sending them out on secret missions uh, this time. I like that a lot. I always... I love R2 and 3PO and what they used to represent and how they used to be like, take like, take a look at this epic story from the perspective of the lowliest characters. They were the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, you know, the idea of the expanded universe kind of being, like, optional. I remember there were comics. I remember Dark Empire uh, mm-hmm. and, and that kind of being hailed as a huge thing. Heir to the Empire from Timothy Zahn, like, and that whole, the Zahn trilogy. Uh, yep. The first one. You know, Zahn, of course, like, would eventually write, like, definitive star i mean zahn's influence over star wars he created coruscant he yep. created uh you know zahn uh thrawn um he he had the idea with the clones and you know with palpatine anyway 
uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of influence from the the, the expanded universe that wound up into the movies. Um, yeah. But uh, but but I always kind of went like, yeah, if I feel like getting into that, I I will. And I think my first expanded universe novel that I read was Truce at Bakura, which was boring as hell. <laughs> That's the thing about them; they're not they're not all great. They're, they're not, not all great. All yeah, they're not not all Star Wars expanded universe merch and novelizations are treated equal. And no, clearly, no, no. I should have just read the Heir to the Empire trilogy, but I read it too late, and I'm like, okay, I think I know what's happening here. Um, but it, my, yeah. my first expanded universe was actually the Ostrander legacy stuff. Ostrander, of course, for those of you who don't know, wrote some of the most definitive Suicide Squad stories of all time, oh, and he's yeah. also an incredibly accomplished Star Wars writer. And by God, <laughs> like legacy is amazing. Legacy is like ten thousand years or some yeah. amount of time in the future, and you're following like the great grandson of Luke Skywalker. Of, Mm -hmm. during the rise of the second empire and the second seth uh sith reinsurgents yeah. I liked, and everything I, any any star wars that like that takes place far away from influencing the star wars that i know and love i'm a fan like of. the bioware games like the bioware games those were really cool and like kind of made you hope that galaxies was going to be cool <laughs> for you youngins there was this star wars mmo it's still out by the way but like no one played it uh called star wars galaxies and like it was really bad <laughs> I, I actually know a guy who worked on that game and not only did he work on that game, but specifically he worked on like the big life day event. Oh my God. That, that is they bad. had in the game for Wookiee life day. Yeah, that is, that's hilarious. I, okay, here's a quick story about life day. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I went to New York, you know, I'm a New York comic con guy. I went in 2006. I've been going since then. Uh, 2007 they got uh, peter mayhew aka chewbacca to appear and by the way i say that like they got peter mayhew peter mayhew will go to conventions and dude he walked by me one time with a 501st escort that man is a giant he is I've, I've i've by the way you know the dude was eight feet tall in 1977 now mm -hmm. he's you know that much older and that being that tall and that giant that age really takes its toll on your body and so like, he's got to walk with a cane now yeah. with a cane, but if you've seen his cane it's a lightsaber <laughs> yes <laughs> that's weird. amazing and that's adorable you're just like ah way to embrace it um but uh when i met peter mayhew we went up to this is the first time i've ever been exposed to signings or celebrity mm. signings mm. the the only other celebrity signing i ever attended was a kevin smith signing in like 2000 at a of mall course. and that was singular it was very singular experience and nothing like, you know, the con, the typical con uh, experience. But uh, anyway, I went up to him, didn't know about, like, the money thing. <laughs> and I just went yeah. up to him and was like, Peter May, holy crap, you're amazing, this is great, I, I can't believe, do you mind if I do a picture? I, completely bypassing the concept of, like, you have to pay for pictures, you have to pay for, for, for autographs. Yeah, but, pay me, pay me. Yeah, but they crammed the, like, celebrities in this far away corner from the convention. You got to go through oh, the no. main floor, up these stairs, through Artist Alley, which has never been set up better than like in 2007. Um, because number one, you had to go through it to get everywhere. So you always had to talk to somebody too. Mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. It was jam packed with like top talent who were in these little card tables. So like you, like you just had direct access to Titans in the comic book industry. And nice, you know, nice. they want, they had to be there. And, uh, and then you got to the to the celebrities, and the celebrities, by the way, were like the kid who played Boba Fett, uh, Gary Coleman, uh, <laughs> you know, who I also may was he like, rest in peace. May he rest in peace. I had to talk to him. I'm like Gary Coleman, holy crap, man, what's going on? And he's like, Hey, man, you want to buy something? I'm like, No, I don't. I'll see you later. <laughs> Not but you see, at, at Fan Expo, the last con I did, they're sure to have like the celebrities behind like the whole velvet ropes and oh, waiting yeah. next. So you can't just do a drive-by on them and do stuff oh, no. like that. New York Comic Con, they put all the celebrities in the basement, and you got to get past their people. Got to uh, the corral them. The kid who played Draco Malfoy had like a oh, guy, felt, yeah, yeah, who was like no photos and like would go into other lines and give people shit for taking photos. Oh, and nice. I know nice. Ethan had a real problem with that. He's like, you can't just you can you can't stop me from taking a photo of you in a public <laughs> fucking place. Avada Kedavra, apparently yeah. I can. Yeah, exactly. Avada Kedavra, here comes my bodyguard to smash your camera. Uh, do, you know, apparently that like that sounds scummy, but apparently uh, Rupert Grit, the guy who plays Ron, is getting it way worse because he was charging like something. I don't know if you read this story. No, I but don't he was charging. 
he, he was, yeah, no one does. He was charging, <laughs> he was charging something absorbent for like the last couple con appearances. He's been like Makes upwards sense. of 200. Oh, that's nuts. No, Sigourney Weaver, by the way, Sigourney Weaver charged 185, which is why I don't have a Sigourney Weaver sign, like signature anywhere. But, but even then even you're like, Sigourney, you're Sigourney Weaver. Weaver is a, you know, she's a God and you're Ron effing Weasley. Which basically the only movie he's ever been in, and now he seems resigned to doing the con scene. Like at least Felton, in interviews, he's like, "Yeah, I decided to stop acting because people just kept typecasting me right. as the bad bully kid. So I just, I just don't do it as much anymore now." Fair enough, but uh, but yeah, so he's he's a shit. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> to, to take that Harry Potter, our Star Wars totally beats your That's Harry right. Potter. Um, but so don't uh, get me wrong, I'm a Harry Potter fan. Oh too. no, I, I, you know what's funny? Like when I was. As they were coming out, I'm like, fuck Harry Potter. And the more I watch them, the more I'm like, this is all right. <laughs> yeah, I, cool. I, I see why this captured the imagination yeah. of a generation. This is delightful. If I didn't have a million other franchises that had brought me to this point, I would be totally obsessed with Harry Potter. You'd be um, the guy with the lightning scar and the robes and everything. Maybe not and, the talk, <laughs> and, and, and talking about which house you would pull. I would you definitely know, which... pick a house, and it would probably be Ravenclaw. But... Because they're the smart ones. See, I would take Hufflepuff because no one ever suspects Hufflepuff's it's true. man. I, I did the Hufflepuff. I just couldn't, like, I, I couldn't handle the derision from Harry Potter fans. It's it's because, like, think about it. Like, Slytherin has a bunch of famous members. Gryffindor has a bunch of famous members. Hufflepuff, the bar is freaking low. Exactly. No, you could be a big school. fish in a small far, in a small pond at Hufflepuff. Like, you could be the greatest Hufflepuff who ever lived by like only half-ass trying. Yeah, yeah. If you could, if you could make mid-tier in uh, Gryffindor. Door, it means you'd be a, a, a like you know a wonder star <laughs> yeah you'd be the greatest hufflepuff yeah. whoever it, it would be like you'd be the boy who made it like the, the boy who made hey i'm the hufflepuff who didn't die or end up in a vampire movie yeah uh so we go up to to peter may we get the pictures and he's like all right because like no one's there no one's paying for pictures anyway at least someone wants one yeah and really. he is like and by the way this is you know before any star wars shit you know, like the idea of Chewie ever being in a movie no one, anyone wants to watch him in. <laughs> and, uh, and so he's, and, and you could tell when you talk to him that he's like, I'm like, he's slowing down. He's, he, yeah. you know, his, his, his gigantism gets in the way of some things. And, but he's mastered his signature, which obviously, you know, he's turned into currency. Yeah. Uh, but what I was used to was having celebrities, like if I do get any signatures, having them done have them write something customizable uh with kevin smith we went and met him uh our friend who got us interested in kevin smith in the first place was like kevin smith pff, i don't want to meet him i gotta study for the sats <laughs> and i'm like okay jackass so we grabbed but then we thought like you know he's doing free signings we should have something for him so i grabbed my taco bell receipt and had him write uh you know his name but we thought like what should we have him write we should have him write a message and like make fun of him and it was 2000, so the Clerks cartoon show had just aired and mm. been canceled. <laughs> and As it does. There were two episodes, and in one of them, there was a joke uh, where ran where the the it was a cutaway where the Clerks go to England and they they you know they capitalize on the joke of fag means cigarette. Right, right. And uh, and then Randall says something like "You're a cigarette," and we thought that'd be hilarious. So we wrote "You're a cigarette." So Kevin Smith. Uh, you know, we're like, here, man, could you also write Keenan, you're a cigarette? And he went like, <laughs> you're a cigarette. <laughs> That's pretty good. There you go. So we're used to making customized signatures. So when I met Peter Mayhew, he signed his name. He's like, there you go. Thanks a lot. And I'm like, would you mind writing Happy Life Day? <laughs> damn it if he didn't do it. Oh, that's good. But nice. you could. But he gave me this look like. Okay. You scruffy nerf her. Yeah, he's like, you, you, you looked for me, you paid for my signature, and you're one of the few people who's actually here. I will write Happy Life Day, but this will be the last time. <laughs> I won't friggin' choke slam you for mentioning that. Yeah, exactly. And he would, too. So uh, we were talking about Star Wars and, and it, uh, in the chat earlier, just like when, when Joel and I were, were ripping before. Just goofing around even when we were supposed to be working on other stuff. Exactly. But as always, but as always, Star Wars took precedent. Yeah, no, I got back issues on the back burner. I finished that early, so I'm like, I got fucking some, I got some time. Uh, so we thought we were talking about sci-fi franchise and stuff, and I was like, man, like, okay, so Star Wars, we were talking about the fact that, like, the new movie's coming out, the prequels came yes, out, is. and kind of like, now we're in a world where, like, when we grew up watching Star Wars, there was just Star Wars and maybe the special editions. 
And then after that, you got... Oh, and the Expanded Universe, which everyone kind of considered optional because it was after the movies. Yeah. Like, you didn't... You The only thing that happened before the movies was speculation. They never went back. Yep. So then they make the prequels to, you know, controversy. And, <laughs> much. Uh, just put it lightly. Too, too much discussion. To the point where, like, I we... Uh, my, my friends and I, who are all pretty much hardcore Star Wars fans, have discussed the prequels long before the Red Letter Media video. Mm-hmm. If you haven't watched it, just look up Red Letter Media or RLM, Star Wars, and you'll get it. I, I, I think at this point, everyone has had to see it. If you haven't, like, there's required viewing on the internet, and yeah. I think the Red Letter Media six-hour-long video essay on the failure of the Star Wars prequels yeah. and what that means to fans in a generation, yes. like, that is... Like, you could teach a class with that. Oh, you could. And, like, but we've, we have we talked it to death before the damn thing even came out. So when someone sent me that link, they were like, you got to watch this. I go, oh, someone else is talking about Star Wars. I've been talking about how bad Star Wars is for almost a decade. Yeah. And, and we've talked it to death to the point where I was, like, where I was done talking about how bad the prequels are. Where mm-hmm. I, I, like, every time someone's like, oh, Jar Jar, I'm like, shut up. Like, I just shut them down. I can't talk about it. Pod race, uh, shut up. Yeah, I get it. It's bad. It's been said. It's established. The, the thing that I'm finding out in this world, where there's a new trilogy coming out, and the prequels have been around for over a decade, the last, the last movie in the trilogy was released ten years ago. Jeez. Which, like, means that The Phantom Menace, which was the first bad one, came out even longer ago than that. Uh, so, but, but people are... 15 who were born when those movies came out and, yeah. and they were raised on them and that's for them their star wars and the only star wars they ever knew yeah. which is kind of crazy to believe yeah and, and and we sound like the crazy old men we sound like that thing from uh from space the uh oh yeah that thing where it's just like you weren't there kids you don't know what it was like it's true and, and like let me tell you like my yeah so anyway uh now we're in a world where there's huge controversy about the prequels. The Force, yes. Unle- the Force Awakens is coming out. I'm not. I'm still iffy on the title, but it's better than I, any I, I of the keep, last three. It has been like that's the thing. Towards like Force Awakens, that sounds a little clunky. Every Star Wars title sounds a little clunky. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it has to tell you what's going to happen without also spoiling the whole plot. And uh, except for the first three, like the new th- first three, so you know who the hell knows. But anyway. One of the things that I've been kind of like, I wonder what's going to happen, is you have an entire generation of people brought up on the new Star Wars trilogy and how... Yes. All right, there's a lot of controversy. It is... I used to think it was undisputedly they're just bad movies. Yeah. Like, they're just... They're poorly directed. They're really badly acted. It's really bad editing. The effects are really cheesy and and lame and... and, and Lines no actor would sound good reading, a complete and utter dependency on special effects yes. and you know moving technology in the wrong direction right the the story is clunky and complicated and doesn't really set up it's not written the way stories are written uh which is ironic because george lucas was a huge uh student of joseph campbell who yeah. created the hero with a thousand faces yeah. power of myth and the idea of like the mythic hero's journey and how like every movie that has a person who triumphs over evil can follow that formula. And as long as you adhere to the formula, you have a story. And yet those three movies don't have that. Um, or if they do, it's, it's, it's clunky forced framework. So like yeah. undisputedly, I would argue that those movies are really bad, but um, there are some people who have the nostalgia factor, the rose tinted glasses, the, the, you know, the theater experience. I had the theater experience for Phantom Menace and, uh, and then uh, I, uh, wow. It was a sad day, but I bet. But uh, we, we, we were all there. We pretended like it didn't happen. We're like, it was. It was dark. Maybe I need to see it again. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'm not sure. I saw it a couple times after that, like just to make sure I wasn't like stupid. Uh, but I'm interested. And then I'm sure you were thrown into the existential crisis too, of where it's like, you no, know, well, am I too old for Star Wars now? Did 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 I outgrow? Yeah. This franchise is it me? Is it my fault? Then you're like, no, it can't possibly be my fault. No, it's the children who are wrong. <laughs> Thank you, Skinner. <laughs> yeah. Am I so out of touch? No, can't be me. It's the children who are wrong. It's the children um, that are wrong. But, uh, you know, you have The Force Awakens. It's being made by competent filmmakers. It's deliberately made. They're making it... They're, they're, you know that they're, that they're doing everything in their power to make it competent. Uh, yes. Even if they're making it for money, 
they're still like they're disney they're like it has to adhere to this formula it's got to do the beginning middle and end but set up a trilogy it's got to happen like in a in a sequence of events that makes sense and works for an audience even if it's going to be a multi-billion dollar fan film which i think worst case scenario it's just jj abrams being like i get to play with my star wars action figures again i tried to force them into this star trek playset but uh, now, now I, actually, I get the actual toys to play yeah, but now with. Now I actually get to play with Star Wars. I don't have to retrofit Star Trek into being Star Wars. Yeah. Now, and really, I, you go back and you watch that first Star Trek and you're like, man, this was just his demo reel for Star Wars. It sure was. Now, that was a commercial for Star Wars. But the, even then, like, the movies wanted to be Star Wars too. Like, to the point where the the original movies, the first six, were, like, made through, through industrial, like, magic. Like, they wanted to, like, Star Trek wants it to be... Uh, to want to capture a little bit of that Star Wars magic, but they still kept the cerebral, you know, uh, science allegory. fiction, science fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, Star Wars is more of a mythic, you know, like fairy tale, and Star Trek is deliberately hard science fiction or loose science fiction. From a dude who wanted to get his own, you know, utopia thoughts out there and everything. Yeah, too. exactly. Dude wants to. Yeah, exactly. It's it's still fantasy, but for a dude who cares about details <laughs> for a nerd yeah, yeah um, who, who had thoughts and feelings that he was going to express you know through characters and through yeah. development interactions and everything who thought but yeah. uh, the fact that the force awakens will even if it's not great even if it's boring or even if it's stupid or even if it's like filled with action for no reason even if all the things that we dread are true even if it's almost as good as return of the jedi like, which everyone probably agrees is, like, the, the weakest of the three. Which is like saying, what's your least favorite ice cream flavor? <laughs> it's but, true. It's still ice cream. <laughs> it's still ice cream. <laughs> Shut up. But uh, even if that's the case, it's still going to be, objectively speaking, a better crafted film. And it's going to be a goddamn massive hit. Like, oh, that's, yeah. that's oh, certain. Sh- they're projecting it to be the biggest movie of the year, and why wouldn't it be? Oh, they made they they the thing is Disney paid four point five billion dollars to get Star Wars. They made five <laughs> billion dollars in two thousand fifteen on the marketing for the new movie that hasn't come out yet. So it's yep. already paid for itself and will continue to do so until the end of time. Dude, the action figures, the fact that they put action figures on for sale, I don't even know. Like, and that was an event, and they're like, "Hey, kids, guess what? You can totally come." Actually, you know, wait, wait one second. Okay. <laughs> Hold on a minute. You, you're, you're talking about for characters that aren't even. Yeah. I got I got my Kylo Ren talk an action figure, and he says lines from the movies that might be spoilers. I'm immune to the light. Yeah. What does that even mean? I I I, I don't know. <laughs> what, what else do you got to say, buddy? No one will stand in our way. No one will stand in our way. Apparently. Oh, good. You know what I come for. I no, I don't actually. Yeah, know I have no I'm, idea what you're here for, man. I'm going to have to see the movie to figure that out. But yeah, I got my talking Kylo Ren action figure because I knew I had to. Ooh, and his lightsaber lights up too, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's pretty badass. I mean, like, the toys look great. The, here's the thing. Like, with the BB-8s, like the BB-8 dolls or ro- robots, I really, really want a BB-8 droid. Yeah. Not the big one, the little one that, like, I can mm. use my smartphone with. Nice, nice. Uh, because it's one hundred and twenty dollars, but the, but I won't buy it, and here's why. Number one, I don't have one hundred twenty dollars spent on a fucking toy that I don't know the character of, and number two is that at point exactly, which is I don't know who BB-8 is. <laughs> it's All true. All I know is he's a fucking droid. Like, but he's the coolest droid ever, and he's no, the new droid. No, the lie. coolest droid ever. BB-8 is just a neat idea for now. <laughs> he might be the coolest droid ever, but I'd like to see the fucking movie first. It's like saying that Chopper. For from freaking rebels is the cool i hated He's him when really I, you when hated job when he first showed up he was a fucking he was like a slapstick He's his droid sound effect is this is a chicken sound he says balk buck buck balk all the time yes yeah, it true, drives I me guess nuts he's you know what that that was that was very evocative of the roger roger battle droid so it made me mm-hmm. really upset but like uh, i think they did better with chopper later on yeah, showing no, how chopper, comic is Oh no, Chopper's Chopper's earned my respect over time. Uh, and the fact that they send him to do the shitty jobs that they don't want to do themselves. Well, that's what you do with a fucking robot. He's got no soul. He's not a slave. He's programmed he, to do this shit. But he clearly has a personality, though, and that's always been a weird thing in Star Wars. These soulless machines with personalities and oh, feelings yeah. no, I feel get annoyed. I feel bad for R2 and 3PO. Those two, you know, they've been put through the ringer. But at the end of the day, they're not people. 
<laughs> but they're people to me. I care about those characters. And maybe... I was going to say, uh-oh, Sal's a droidist. We're going to have to hear about exactly. this. Exactly. No, they're going to be like, oh, and what happens? This is going to be thrown in my face when Ex Machina becomes real and like droids are walking <laughs> around. Um, but, you know, my point being simply... Star Wars, like I'm, I'm gonna be fascinated to see what prequel apologists say when mm. the Force Awakens comes out. True. Because is it that they have rose tint? That's when we we will know definitively if people we are will. either obstinately arguing about how good the prequels are because they're being difficult, or they like bad movies. What, what a like, weird <laughs> world is it yeah. gonna be when you hear long-winded screeds from people online, either in forums or in comment sections, being like, well, this isn't the Star Wars I grew up with. Where, where's the pod racing? Yeah, exactly. Where's the Jar Jar? This Where isn't my Star Wars. Where are the racial Star allegories? Where's yeah. the... <laughs> Where's the slightly offensive Asian-sounding aliens? That blew my effing mind. In the theaters. And, and it, it, it took no time at all to destroy my hopes and dreams. Phantom Menace, May 19th, 1999. <laughs> I'm in the theater. We bought uh, McDonald's food and left oh, the garbage yeah. around us so no one wanted to sit near us. And so that's I didn't good, want so no one good. could be in front of me because we didn't have stadium seating back then. And that's like, good. That's a good idea. movie comes on. It, the, the Phantom Menace, we've already known it was the title, so I was already prepared for that disappointment. And then the, we read this, what the fuck, crawl, and I'm like, alright, you know what, nobody reads the crawls. And then this cool ship comes through, I'm like, whoa, that ship is cool looking. Ooh, a female pilot, awesome. And then he comes on the screen, he's like, oh, hello, and I'm like... J James Wong. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, what is happening? Maybe there was, and I'm looking around like, is anyone else freaking out? Am I, like, having a dream? That happens sometimes where I think I... Like, I dreamed I saw Avengers 2 a couple times months before <laughs> Avengers 2 came out. And I remember waking up being like, man, Avengers 2 was a really weird movie. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Thank God. It's like, am I the only one imagining horribly, you know, racist Asian stereotypes? And then later you get some Jewish stereotypes oh thrown in God. there, well, too. Oh, my God. Well, who could be anybody? He could be Greek or a Jew or an Arab. Whoever do you want me to be? I'm offensive to all races. <laughs> I know. I'm so broad. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter, I it doesn't matter what group... It doesn't matter what group you belong to, I can offend you. Exactly. I even have a little bit of an A before every word, so I could be Italian. Uh, you don't know. Depends on how <laughs> hey. much you hate my race. If you hate yeah. Italian people, then I'm Italian. If you hate Greeks, I'm a Greek person. But Watto is a character where you can, uh, you know, project your own racism onto him. Yeah, he's like a, he's like a stem cell for, <laughs> for racism. He, he just takes on the he racist... He takes on the racist qualities that you want him to have. Uh, yeah, so anyway... Bringing uh, Watto, and then they keep bringing Watto back, like in the third one. He's like, "Hey, you want to help me get some money back from some oh people?" Oh my god, oh. these are deadbeats. Uh, uh, you know what's funny? I, I I I heard that the animation team want like Lucas did not want to bring Watto back, but the animation guys did, and I kind of liked Watto at least getting closure on that character. I hated him, yeah. but like at least finding out that he is a dead, like that he's like ruined, was. A little bit of satisfaction nice. for me, because because you know he was a slave owner too. Yeah, and he's that's slavery. Kind of a... He's not fun. He's not a whimsical, hilarious character. He's a plantation owner. Come on. And what's even worse about that is like you know the Jedi. Oh, we have all this power in the universe and everything. But I'm not how... here to free slaves. Yeah. How about you go deal with the slave problem on Tatooine? Yeah. Know, or the or the fact that they give Luke to you know uh, Uncle Owen and whatever even though we know they bought his mother so it's like so you gave the kid to a bunch of slave owners good job Obi-Wan yeah holy crap I bought you, you her and a... then I married her but it's okay I'm in a wheelchair so you know no no weird sex stuff could happen right I was exactly in I, I, I bought her to cook <laughs> Yeah, and, and the fact that they do that, where it's like, no, see, kids, it's fine. He's in a wheelchair. I'm like, okay, A, kids wouldn't be thinking that. B, but the fact that you thought about it enough to put him in a wheelchair yeah. to try and diffuse the weird sex stuff that yeah. we're all probably thinking. Right. No, that was bizarre. Uh, but I'm I'm interested to see where, like, what happens. Like, how, what a what rift will be, will be, will be torn in the Star Wars. Oh, you Wars know there will be. You know, yeah, because they're going to be like, you, I, I. I liked Into Darkness, Star Trek Into Darkness. Never saw it. I enjoyed it, and I'll tell you why. Number one, it was an al it, it used social uh, plight in their in, in their uh, in, in their story. You know, it's it's a movie that was tw like fifteen years too late because it's it's a movie about invading uh, Afghanistan after nine eleven. 
Well, and you know, because it's written by a what is it, Kortsy and Ortsy or yeah, whatever, and that uh, dude, Orchie and Kurtzman or something. Yeah, and that guy always puts like false flag storylines in everything that he writes. That's yeah. always a thing that he goes on about. That's apparently his pet project. Oh, wonderful! Uh, but like the fact that they used social issues to tell a story in a in a Star Trek thing is something Star Trek would do. Yeah, because like, don't tell me they don't do it. Look at Star Trek Six, Camp Kittimer is the name of a planet like gotta save gotta save them whales too yeah whales i i love all those movies with unabashed nostalgia and delight and and by the way i did not like star trek when i grew up i hated the original trilogy or the original series i thought the tng was boring and non-star warsy but as you grow up you learn you respect like, you, it more you can't solve your problems by shooting a laser at it you have to yeah. like you know sometimes you have to throw Walk down a, a hallway you have to you have to learn the quotes of your opponent's father and then throw them in their faces and that's how you destroy them like these are the kinds of things that i like as an adult i'm like oh cool this is look at picard destroying this woman like with with ideas yeah with thought know. and free will um but uh anyway with respect to, to sci-fi, because that's the kind of topic of, of today's of today's thing, you know, I'm excited to see where where how how further destroyed Star Wars gets. Well, you um, know, something I think we could agree on that you know isn't destroyed, something that's actually living up to the hype completely, and yeah. we touched on it a little is Rebels. How freaking great is Rebels? I really like I dig Rebels, and let's take this opportunity really quick to say no justice for Hera, and no justice for female action hero superheroes in terms of popular mass yeah. media like Hera where's the action figure what, where's the t-shirt oh, 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 oh does she not have one does Hera no. actually not oh that's lame because Hera is literally one of the best ones they go to show that she is as much the brains of the operation as she's anything she's totally in charge like she's she's yeah. calling the shots she's flying the ship like she's she's washing Mal all at the same time in Kaylee one... like that Kanan thinks he's in charge, but he isn't. No, though. exactly. By the way, I've always I, I know this is not gonna be the case because prequels, because Star Wars, but I always wanted Kanan to be a failure Jedi. Well, like, that's kind of where they're going. I don't know if you've read the Greg Wiseman. I have comic not read the comic, but Greg Wiseman or Wiseman or however you want to call it is is you know he created gargoyles. <laughs> Young Justice, Spectacular Spider-Man, always getting screwed out of amazing projects. But that's kind of where they're going with it, actually. Yeah. In the comic, because it's like his master died during the closing days of the Clone War. He's never finished his training. He's like a half-trained Jedi. He yeah. spent more time learning to be a smuggler under this alien smuggler yeah, dude than he ever Jedi. did. Yeah. Uh, the, the thing I wanted him to be was not even a failed Jedi. It was the idea that he was involved like with the Senate or whatever. Like he, he worked at the Jedi temple order 66 takes place. If you got to do all this shit, fine. All right. You could do, like, I'm not going to fan fiction my own version of the prequels and whatever. Uh, but if you need to have the couched in the prequel trilogy, the, you know, the, the, the Jedi massacre takes place at the, te at the temple and Kanan like escapes and, st and takes the lightsaber of a dead Jedi. Oh, that he shouldn't have, that he didn't earn. And he's just like, more like he used the Jedi massacre as an opportunity to like, to, to get a leg up, yeah. to escape his former life and to, you know, tr to get a new start. And he found I, the lightsaber. I, I never read the book they did. Cause they did either, but yeah, it, it's not a comic book. It's like a book book that actually describes how he met Hera and oh, everything. Cool. And, and I haven't read that one yet. M Matt should be on this. Matt reads all that extended universe stuff. He yeah. knows that. But, but like, yeah, like, friggin' uh, Kanan isn't even his name. It's Caleb. It's Caleb Dunn. No, that's fun. Okay, cool. Yeah, it works for me. He's cool. He, he uh, took a cooler smuggler name. Yeah, I like it. I, I, I like the characters. Um, Zeb is great. Zeb, Zeb is even better when you realize that that's old Chewbacca yeah, artwork that they used. Well, everyone then, in that show is a Ralph McQuarrie design. I know. And then they explain where it's like, well, how come we haven't seen any of Zeb's people in the Star Wars universe up until now? Oh, he's like the last of his people because the Empire like killed them all. Yeah. And that's perfectly legitimate. You can totally buy that. Like, oh, yeah, the, the Empire wiped them out at the end. Like, oh, cool. Okay. Well, yeah. The one character who is seemingly the most interesting and yet who has gotten the least amount of time is Sabine. Yes. The Mandalorian or not. Or not, she gets one throwaway line where she's like, yeah, I was a stormtrooper cadet back on Mandalore. I used to follow orders all the time and bad stuff. Well, what, elaborate on this story, please. Right, well, can we get a little, like, episode about that or something? No. Se season two, I'm hoping season two. And even Ezra is cool. Ezra is everything Anakin is not. Everything Anakin should have been. Yes. The problem with Ezra is 
he has to die. <laughs> I know, right? Well, dude, it, te- technically, they all have to die. Yes, because well, they don't show up anywhere else. Yeah, they're they're influ they're they're integral to the rebellion and nowhere near the rebellion when it's relevant. So I guess much like uh much like Star Killer in the Force Unleashed video games, where it's like, oh well, the rebel or the rebellion symbol that's his family crest. <laughs> yeah, I, the fact with with that, I loved the 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 use of Star Killer. We're talking about uh. The Force Unleashed video game, which... Starkiller is also completely gone from canon now. They've wiped him and his adventure. And I know that pisses off a lot of younger fans, yeah, too. Ooh, that too was their game because they didn't have the Bioware ones. Yeah. Uh, I enjoyed it, and I loved the the, the use of Starkiller at the end where Vader finds out that Luke's his son, and he's like, oh, I don't need you anymore. Yeah. That's fucking awesome. Like, which, which how dark also is kind- that? Which they're also kind of doing in the Vader book right now. That's one of the coolest things about the Vader book, him coming to the realization yeah. that his son is alive and the Emperor has been lying to him. Yeah, that's that's cool as hell. I love that. Um, yeah, the, the, I'll always remember that line where he's just like, I thought you and I were supposed to control the galaxy. Or I thought we were going to destroy the er, destroy the Emperor. And he's like, yes, but not with you. Not with you. And that's the end. You're like, oh, by the way, can we also throw it out to the fact that Rebels got fucking James uh, Earl Jones to come back, back for Vader? Vader? How sick is that? Fucking amazing! And they got Billy D back as Lando. He's as amazing. Well. Uh, he's a little too like. He's having a little too much fun. He's, he's having like, too. Yeah, Hello, Lando. what have we here? Okay, cool. When the when you're talking to women you want to sleep with, you can do that. But like, okay, let's get these crates loaded into the but the docking bay. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Lando! Not everything's an innuendo. Can we? Keep Let, Lando is just in love with everything yeah. in the universe. Even his droid is super cool. His yeah. droid's like, yeah. Yeah. Hello, my favorite droid, Chopper. <laughs> what's going on? Keeping your pants, Lando. Let's go. <laughs> no, no. I literally, I love that they're pushing Lando harder now than. Than they ever have before it's like recurring role on rebels his own mini series <laughs> yeah that's dude, right dude, dude hey lando's still alive maybe we'll see old billy d williams in one of these star wars the movies that, that they're not gonna be in the force awakens is really kind of disconcerting the fact that he's almost 80 is like you better fucking get him in these movies he'll pro you know what he'll probably show up in rogue one they'll probably that's be fine. like so like we we need help of someone. Oh, well, there's this old Godfather figure. He used to run a city. Oh wait, it's Lando. Oh, that's fine with me. Because by the way, he, Rogue One looks like the Firefly of Star Wars. Yes, it it totally does. No and then force, you, no Jedi, no magic, no garbage. It's just, just smuggling. Smugglers and droids. I hope because I know that Alan Tudyk, Wash from Firefly, plays a, a CG character on the crew. Nice. I hope it's a fucking droid. Because is, is he? Is, oh, go is he going to be a leaf on the wind? No. <laughs> that let's not talk about that let's let's not go there, let's not go there. that was like it, for as bad as the prequels were serenity was like my vietnam like <laughs> you weren't there man yeah let me tell you, you something sir so i was so i was such a brown coat that i hooked up with like a yahoo group of brown coats that were in oh, new york nice. and but only here's how here's why though so that i could get preview tickets to see serenity six months in advance and i did and i saw it four times four different previews and then the last preview i was like i'm gonna skip it that's the one alan tudyk came to (laughs) oh wow so i got mine um but holy shit when wash like let's not even let's not ruin it but like here's the thing if if, if it makes you feel better sal you said it was your vietnam i've only seen serenity once i saw it on what was probably one of the worst nights of my life when i really shouldn't have been watching that movie and since then i have not been able to go back to it because i'm just like no i know i didn't give it a fair shake the first time no it's not great it's 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 uh it's not great if you love firefly you might not like serenity because it's not because whedon only wrote two episodes of firefly yeah (laughs) like the the real crime of Serenity is that Tim Minear has nothing to do with it, because Tim Minear's the guy who wrote Out of Gas. Uh, he co-wrote uh, the 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 repilot, uh, the train job, um, like AKA he, all your favorite episodes. All your favorite episodes, ex- un- except for Janestown, which is Ben Edlund, the creator of The Tick, which is awesome. Which it is so much more of a comedy episode, oh, Janestown, yeah. until the end when you're like, oh shit, this got deep. Um, the, the man they call Jane. I love that song. That's such a great song. Um, but yeah, I saw uh, Serenity and... The, oh, I looked up a review of it that said no spoilers. 
the first line of the tr of the of the review from a reputable website said, despite the fact that three main characters die. <laughs> I'm nice. like, are you... No, was it three? It was two. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, so I'm so I'm I'm one of the few people who had like this incredibly tense original experience watching Serenity, going, who's it gonna be? Like, who's gonna die? So like, you've got the opening scene. It's amazing. They built a real uh, mule. They outrun in the Reaver yeah. ship. Jane gets a spear through the leg. I'm like, here's where Jane dies. <laughs> okay, and I'm justifying to myself, I'm like, okay, maybe, maybe I can move on. I, I think I can live without Jane. I think I could. Uh, it would be really fucking miserable, but I think I can live without Jane. <laughs> then the operative goes to Anara's palace. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna kill Anara to get Mal out of hiding. Holy fuck, no, he can't kill Anara. And then he doesn't kill Anara. And I'm like, oh my god, I can't handle this anymore. And then, <laughs> and then like Serenity's spinning, and then, and then Book dies, and you're like, oh no, that's one of the people I was sure wasn't gonna die because his backstory wasn't told yet. In classic Whedon fashion, I kill the ones you don't expect. Yeah, then he dies, and I'm like, there's only one left. Who's gonna be? And, like, Serenity's spiraling out of control, and they're, like, you know, everyone's, like, everyone's falling. I'm like, oh, my God! Like, who's gonna die on the like, when they land? It, it just, it was unbelievably stressful. Fuck that movie. <laughs> and, and then they give you a chance to breathe, where it's like, oh, okay, I think I think the worst is over. I think and we're like, no! <laughs> I, uh, okay. Uh, without spoiling it, because I'm sure that people haven't seen Serenity, I'll just say this. Uh, there's a character who dies that in that scene. And uh, then they have to outrun the Reavers afterwards. And one of the characters asks where the other character is. Where Kaylee's like, where is where, where is so-and-so? And, uh, and, and Zoe says, he ain't coming. Yeah. That's a good two, three minutes after the death scene. Mm -hmm. that is when someone in the theater went, no! <laughs> it was not me, by the way, but like the fact sure that- Sure it like, wasn't. It was seriously some dude, like it, it, the death scene happens and he's like, and he's just, and then it takes him two minutes to unfreeze. <laughs> and he like, it's like he yep. reacted like two minutes after he should have. It was- Delayed reaction, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Serenity Man, ugh. And then, and then, of course, we get this because the movie is by all. What's so frustrating about Serenity is it's a great movie, right? Like it's built, it's built great. It's got framing and character de development, mm -hmm. structure, practical effects, good use of CG, solid action, solid action, great acting, good direction. Uh, the only problem is uh, Whedon takes characters that you know, and he's like, mm, I'm going to change some stuff because I want to do it this way. Mm -hmm. And then the follow up are all disappointing comic books. Yeah, that, it's hard to believe that that's all you've gotten. I You would have think they would have gotten a freaking animated sequel by now or a web series that, or something. I, I pitched, I actually like used all my internet contacts to try and reach Whedon to pitch a like internet radio drama. Mm, I mean, if Doctor Who can do it. Yeah, I'm like, just do just do a podcast where you get everyone at the table or if they can't come. You they have can literally phone later. it in. Yeah, and I'll take it. And no, we're just getting shitty comic books. The worst one of all, Float Out by Patton Oswalt. Oh, Patton Oswalt wrote a Firefly comic? He sure did, and it's fucking bad. Uh, it's, it, which is frustrating as all hell, because Patton Oswalt's hilarious. Like, yes, Pat, he is. Patton Oswalt's one of my top three comedians, maybe four oh, yeah. top comedians oh, yeah. of all time, and but can't write for shit. Like, his novel, uh, Zombie Spaceship uh, Wasteland. I almost picked that up, actually. It's not great. I mean, like... He's trying to do something because he's very uh, cerebral and he, he's very, he's really into fiction and literature. And mm -hmm. so he, 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 he he's plays... one of us. If yes. he wasn't a famous comedian, he'd be on a show like this. Yeah, exactly. He would, he would not, if he wasn't a famous comedian, he'd be a famous YouTuber. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but he, he's playing with the genre and he's playing with the format and he's like, I want to do something different. And, and it's not good. Like, it's just, it, he, he, there are some moments where he explains like how he grew up and stuff. And it's like, yeah, you, you, you were a suburban kid who, thought he was smarter than he was and now you're doing this okay like i yeah me Fair too enough. buddy like we all know that story um half your fan base yeah exactly so that sucked but float out holy fuck like it's basically like he took a a, a, a like a cyberpunk rpg that he dusted off from like <laughs> 1988 and then he went like these are my characters and then he just told us a story about his characters from his rpg and shoehorned it into Serenity. Nice. It's 
like what the crap because it's it's a wash book i'm like oh i want to i gotta get this and it's Patton oswald it's one of my favorite characters one of my favorite comedians match made in heaven not always don't meet heroes ladies and gentlemen it, it's it's true it's true don't so, meet them yeah, yeah but those those comics suck but uh yeah so as we as we wind down because it's been an hour and i think we t- said we we're gonna talk for 20 minutes uh, yeah Joel, as is uh, often the case we talked about star wars a little bit star trek and serenity what uh what last sci-fi point or, or or topic would you like to kind of delve into really quick i imagine this would kick off a whole thing but here let, let, let me talk about a little show a little science fiction show that i imagine a lot of people forgot and in our conversation i brought it up and it brought a bunch of memories flooding back do you remember the old fox show dark angel it was like in the 2000s i sure do and i uh, i watched the pilot and was like I'm not watching the show. <laughs> James Cameron. James was so Cameron excited. was going to take over TV. It was, uh, who, who was that launched the career of somebody famous? Uh, uh the, I think it was the girl who played Dark Angel, right? Yeah, yeah the, the woman. Why can't I remember her name I now? I have no it's... idea. I'm going to check it, but I have no idea. I'll, I'll stall while you do this. Now, yeah. uh, now obviously, you didn't like it because you were, you know, I'm sure, older and more discerning and everything. And not not to completely out myself, but I'm <laughs> considered, I, I, I'm a wee bit younger than Sal here. I, I remember watching that show religiously, and this was like in the turnover phase from, you know, just watching cartoons to starting to watch more live action stuff. Right, right. And Dark Angel was like, ooh, I can handle this because this is basically a freaking cartoon. Yeah. It was Jessica have, Alba, by the way. Jessica Alba. Thank yeah. you. I, the, I, well, like, James Cameron doing science fiction is like, yeah, no, should no be shit. Amazing. Like, I'm totally on board. I grew up with James Cameron science fiction. That was like, yeah, no. Like, now he's doing a TV show so he doesn't have to be shackled yeah. by, you know, the restraints of movies. He can tell a long form story. That's right. And no. <laughs> I remember the biggest thing I remember from Dark Angel is that there was like these cyber British punks mm-hmm. in the show. And I thought those guys were really great designs. And there was also like a dog man who looked like Ron Perlman from Beauty and the Beast. Okay, that's awesome. By the way, and if I'm you guys like, aren't familiar, you should YouTube the the, uh, the the Beauty and the Beast TV series with uh, Linda Hamilton. Linda Hamilton. And I think Ron yeah. Perlman played the Beauty and the, Be- Ron the Beast. Ron Perlman played the Beast. Freaking, you know, Hellboy. Yeah, freaking all cold. these other characters played the Beast yeah. in that. That's freaking amazing. Actually, George R. R. Martin worked on that show. Oh, shit, too. that makes sense. Yeah, he something. worked on that show. One of my top, top two or three best celebrity meetings was meeting Linda Hamilton. Oh, nice. How was I, she? She's amazing. I did oh, not. Nice. I did not bring up Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> no, I guess you wouldn't. You'd, you'd get a slap across the face. No, I think she, talk was, about she would like it. She'd be like, hey, thanks a lot. You watch that show? How old are you? <laughs> yeah, really? You remembered a thing I yeah. did. But uh, but no, I, I got um, I had to I got a little photo, which was free. Uh, and she was awesome about it. And uh, I had her sign the photo that Kyle Reese memorizes. Aww. Because. I'm a Terminator fanboy, but not, but once again, like, like my Star Wars fandom, I don't like, uh, I'm like, no, like I'm a selective fanboy. Like I like Terminator one and two. And then I stop. And then it's, well, see, okay. We mentioned this too. Yeah. I was actually a really big fan of Sarah Connor Chronicles. I wanted wanted to like that show a lot. I thought it did a lot of interesting things. Again, Game of Thrones connection, friggin' Cersei the queen. Yes. Oh, that's, uh, uh, from, uh, she's mama from dread. That too. Uh, yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, she is, and but, she played uh, Sarah Connor in yeah, that. Yeah, for me, she's not Sarah Connor. She's no. great, but she's not Sarah Connor. And for me, I'm like, if you're gonna do Sarah Connor Chronicles, just set it in the future and cast Linda Effing Hamilton because it's not like she's getting a lot of movie roles lately. And fuck you. Like, <laughs> I, I think it was one of the few series that actually did some interesting Lena stuff. Lena Headley, thank you. Lena Headley, thank. You. I thought it did some interesting stuff with the whole Terminator War, where it's oh, like, yeah. oh no, no, where it's like, oh no, we're sending people and robots back in time constantly to be sleeper cells and to be agents for stuff. Skynet's getting ready for the war by sending things back in time to just sit on resources yeah. until they need them. That's I'm like, that's like, clever. That's really clever. Uh, the the idea of giving them another Terminator was fun, I guess. I mean, like, the approach was cool. The, uh, the the direction was great. The production values were top-notch for a show that had to cost a million dollars an episode. 
Oh yeah, it was a very expensive looking show. <laughs> uh, it was on Fox. Obviously, it was going to get canceled, but like <laughs> yes, because Fox hates science fiction. Yeah. I remember, I remember when Fox did like a big celebration. It was like their seventy fifth anniversary on some crap like that, and they're like, you know, Fox, a home for action, and they played all their action shows, a, sh a home for drama, and then they're like, home of some of the most critically acclaimed science fiction <laughs> shows ever. And they show Firefly, Ugh. and they show Sarah Connor Chronicles, and I'm like, you motherfuckers, you canceled every one of yeah, those exactly. shows. You do not get to take credit for shows you canceled. No. And they're like, yeah, no, it's, uh, we, we, you know, Millennium X-Files. <laughs> but, uh, friggin', uh, what is it, Fox, a home for news. Oh, God, <laughs> yeah. Mm. But, yeah, but so, yeah, I, I I wanted to like it, and I just, I, I, I waited, I, was, I think I was waiting for the DVD but because I was like, this is going to get canceled. I'm not going to fucking waste my time because I'm not going to get invested in a show that's going to get canceled before it's time. And I did. It's why I don't watch TV. Like, it's why I'm like, I can't watch this because it's going to get canceled. I got Firefly syndrome. I'm like, it's going to get canceled before they can tell their story. And not everybody gets six seasons in a movie. It's true. Hell, I'm really into Ray Donovan right now. And that mm. show just squeaked into getting a third season. And I'm pretty sure they're not going to get a fourth, or if they are, it's going to be by the skin of their teeth. That's a great show. It's on Showtime, a network I'm sure a lot of people don't watch. Ray Donovan, everyone. It's the best show nobody's watching. Yeah, I haven't watched it. I have no fucking idea. It's um, a Liev Schreiber, man. Oh, Liev cool. Schreiber. he's good. He is good. And this show reminds you why he's good. And it's just like, man, he, he really couldn't play Sabretooth in that crappy Origins movie. But now after seeing this, I'm like, please bring Liev Shriver back. Yeah, he was not good as Sabretooth. That was not a good, that was not a good role for him. Shit, it, at least Tyler Maine didn't say anything. At least Tyler Maine just stood there and growled every so often. That was, yeah, at least they had that. That was, he looked like Sabretooth, kind of. That was cool. Yeah, Tyler Maine, who would later go on to be the Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie uh, oh, the reboot? Ha Halloween movies. Yeah, that was him. I I never watched... I don't like Rob Zombie. I, I, uh, I watched House of a Thousand Corpses and was like, I never want to see anything like this again. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. You may have hated House of a Thousand uh, Corpses. The pseudo-sequel, yeah, the Devil's, Devil's Rejects, Re is a million times better. If it's about those sociopath monster people, I don't want to fucking watch it. Well, see, that's the thing, though. But it takes those sociopath monster people from the weird cartoony universe of House. Yeah. And puts them, like, in a 70s exploitation film, like uh, like Texas Chainsaw, but basically puts them in the real world. And they set them up against William Forsythe, who is this, like, psycho uh, psycho uh, psychotic, puritanical sheriff who literally in the first five minutes shows up to their house from the first movie and says, let's kill us some devil worshippers, boys. <laughs> and he just hunts them all across the South. And I'm like, this is awesome. That's cool. I would take, that just reminded me of Michael Park's character from, from Dust Till Dawn and... Uh, a little uh, bit, a little bit, yeah. And uh, Planet Terror and shit. Uh, I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah, there's a movie. There's yeah. a friggin' movie yeah. right there. But yeah, seeing Rob Zombie's characters in a Tarantino or a, uh, what's his name, uh, Rodriguez picture mm. would be fucking awesome. Similarly, I w I've never watched the uh, Robert Rodriguez from, from Dust Till Dawn in the same universe as all those movies TV series. Nah, um, neither have I. I hear it was not very good. Yeah. Apropos that, I remember uh, remember the movie Zombie uh, Zombieland? Mm, I remember Zombieland. Do you remember that Amazon tried to make a Zombieland show? They did, and the first episode leaked out, and everybody hated it, and then the creator got really salty on Twitter. Yeah. that I, I, I was talking about it to my friends the other day, and I was like, all you need to do is watch the trailer. That's basically it, And yeah. they saw it, and they're like, we could make a better show than that. Mm -hmm, and I'm like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, the production values are, are like, birdemic bad. Yep. It's you notice that's becoming a major trend now. I think ever yeah. since H Hannibal did really good, now they're trying to make more and more shows out of uh, out of famous movies. Yeah, yeah, that's true. They're making a... They're, I saw they're making a movie... Or a... They're reboot... No, it was a reboot. It's a reboot of another movie. Of a movie from, like like 30 40 years ago that's like that nobody watched about time travel which i was like oh that's cool they, they keep trying to bring back the monsters i know they kept threatening they were going to do like a 32 mockingbird lane where it's like no 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 no. now is the time for a monsters reboot oh yes oh the, the, the public have been clamoring for it and i think they did like a season of a rosemary's baby show i can't yep. remember that I remember one that. They, I remember they did there's talk there's talk of a rush hour show they really want to do I heard that you know who'd love to do a rush hour show chris fucking tucker <laughs> yeah he ain't doing anything he will he will he will he's sitting outside the studio right now being like so they're gonna call me in right yeah come on man let's make a show i let's uh 
man, Chris Tucker. I was just watching Rush Hour the other day, and not only was I like, wow, this show, that movie's not very good. <laughs> Brett Ratner, man. Brett Ratner at his finest. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Now, Rush Hour 2, I think, is the best Brett Ratner movie I've ever seen. <laughs> probably. Yeah, probably. Uh, but there's a moment where uh, it, it's the, it's the, the like the, uh, the bow at the end of Rush Hour when the FBI agents offer Chris Tucker's character to be an FBI agent, and he says, uh. how about y'all take that badge and shove it up your ass? At one, I was thinking about that the other day, and I went, he's just being Eddie Murphy. Yeah, he's just... You just, just... completely ripped off Eddie Murphy in that movie. Yeah. yeah Son of a br- bitch! <laughs> we, were, we were talking what the best Brett Ratner movie was ever. I just remembered. He also did The Weatherman with Nick Cage. That wasn't... I didn't watch it. <laughs> okay, he, he but he also, to bring it back to Hannibal for a second, he also did Red Dragon. Yes, he did. I dug Red Dragon. Tiffany's a huge Lecter fan does not like red dragon really because you see i I think i've actually seen red dragon the most because i caught it on cable oh yeah no it's 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 lambs lambs is lambs the best fucking one of the best movies like ever made like it is and that's weird to say because it's like really like behind like lawrence of arabia you're gonna say the signs of the lambs it's it's that good like it's that perfect it's like seven as far as like a perfect picture it might be not. It might not be. Unco- it might not be comfortable or like you know fun to watch. But it's like, it, it's the, the best at what it does. Yeah, and what it does isn't very nice. That's right. It's the Wolverine of best pictures. It is. You know, it's funny. I've actually fought this battle many a times with a lot of my friends from the animation circles because obviously I do a lot of animation reviews over True. on my other channel, and a lot of people. And you will get into this argument if you talk to these people. Uh, what should have won the best picture that year? Because Silence of the Lambs, if you'll remember, was up against Beauty and the Beast. And that was like the best shot animation ever had for winning a best picture. Yeah. And it lost it to Silence of the Lambs. And to this day, a certain group of people will be like, but imagine if it did one, man. Imagine if, you know, <laughs> animation was taken seriously in North America. Just one, just one best picture is all we needed. You just needed to fucking get a, any Pixar movie that was made in the first five years of its inception or whatever like toy story three was probably the best movie of that year yeah and uh, yeah and it's still it yeah and like it's always a thing for because now there's like the best animated yeah that's category. like yeah best comic book channel like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah like it'd be nice it, to be nominated for like a like an award show as a, like thank you for the best animated oh you're welcome like, where, where it's like they kind of get to further ghettoize animation and be like, just get in your own corner. No, you don't get to be with the big boy movies. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Even though they added more categories for Best Picture, so technically they should throw a nomination their way. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, we, I was just watching the kids, or the kids React or the React channel, and I watched mm. kids react to '90s cartoons. I'm not really segueing. I'm just kind of like uh, tossing it out there. Uh, I watched kids react to '90s cartoons, and they're like all they had to do was hear the theme, and they'd identify what show it was. I, I, it made my soul hurt really bad. I don't know why I watched the React channel, but for some reason I was like, "Yeah, let me see if these 13-year-olds recognize Tiny Toon Adventures." Spoilers: they That's do. the one show that nobody recognized. Really? N- had no idea. And seriously, and one of them actually threw out this nice comment where they were like, "That's actually a really original idea," and I was like, "Yeah." <laughs> It was very clever. I, I mean, if we want to argue which had a bigger lasting impact, Tiny Toons or Animaniacs, but that's a debate. Animaniacs for another... clearly had more of an impact than Tiny Toons, but and you, you could argue Animaniacs, like, well, even though Tiny Toons itself was like, no, it's Looney Tunes, the next generation, it was next generation Looney Tunes, yeah. It's Animaniacs was the real torchbearer, though, of taking that Warner Brothers style of cartoon comedy to yes. the next level. Oh, no, Animaniacs was a was a blend of like the of like the three stooges meets current like what meets 90s current humor like that's no and sketch comedy show. and laughing and stuff yeah, yeah no exactly but i'd like to uh, i'd like to segue that into uh maybe if we do this again sometime i'd like to talk about animation and cartoons yes please less so, i could talk about that shit forever i had a feeling so i thought since i could as well we should make that another episode so in the future hopefully in the next week or two uh joel will be back and we'll chat about cartoons from the 90s so uh get your ideas ready uh let us know in the comment section down below what shows can't we leave out 
And please don't pick like Silverhawks or anything like a show you actually watched. Dude, but Hearts of Silver, Souls of Steel, <laughs> Silverhawks. I will take Jem though, because she is truly outrageous and she is getting a truly outrageously bad movie. So yeah, we she, can talk about that. It, you know, it's nice that girls get screwed over the same way we boys got screwed over for yeah. Transformers. It's nice that they get to feel that pain Yeah, you, now. Get, a, you get a shitty, you get, yeah. Remember your beloved thing? It sucks too. Like, See, that's, that's see, true. That's true gender equality right there that we all get by Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, doesn't Cinema matter what you like, Hollywood will make a shitty movie for you. I can just imagine all the girls out there being like, this isn't my gem, this isn't the gem I remember, yeah. they got it all wrong. Tiffany watches gem in the morning before she goes to work, and I remember oh, she was saying, nice. she's like, this is not good. <laughs> this is not a good show. Yeah, no, no, it's not. But that movie's worse. So... Anyway, thank you, Joel, for joining me. And if you guys haven't subscribed yet, you should go to the DVD Grouch and subscribe to Joel's channel. Give no, him some uh, go, go, go to Cape Joel instead. That's the yeah. one I'm trying to build up. Oh, current. that's the one. Okay, okay. Cape Joel. Uh, anyway, it, I, I put the other one in the description, but I'll change it for the recorded version of the show. Thank you. I review a lot more animated stuff over there, and I upload there more frequently. In fact, I've uploaded a video there every day this week, which nice. is good. Nice, nice. So we'll see you guys next time. Thanks so much for joining us. I am Sal. I'm Joel. <laughs> see ya, three in. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Here's the part where I don't know how to stop it. <laughs>